Welcome to the Union Tribune's Aztec Hoopla podcast. We're back for our second appearance of the week. Last week of the regular season, I'm the sports editor of the Union Tribune, Jay Posner, joined by our beat writer, Mark Ziegler. Mark, we were both there on Tuesday night. I finally made it out to uh, to a game. We were sitting right behind the Colorado State bench, and and I think they, they thought a big upset was in the making. And I think a lot of people did. It was it was pretty nervous uh, around Viejas Arena, especially in the middle of the second half. Aztecs fell behind by seven. Felt like a couple calls weren't going their way, although not as many. There weren't as many bad calls as I think the the fans and and Aztecs thought there were, but uh, definitely some missed calls. But the Aztecs struggled, but they, as this team has most of the year, did find a way to come back and win. So, what were your impressions uh i know it was a you were on deadline the whole game but uh as you as you look back on it what were your uh and you were able to get your thoughts together what were they well a couple things you know you mentioned the the officials this was actually a pretty good officiating crew pretty veteran crew um and fans were still all over them probably a little bit uh residue from from saturday and and that was a very unevenly officiated game but I think part of it, and as you mentioned, some of those calls, when you look back at the tape with the right calls, I think some of it was just frustration on the fans' part and you know, and on Brian Dutcher's part. I mean, he was up, screaming, yelling uh, more than he usually is at the officials, uh, certainly trying to work a call. That's what he tries to do. But, but uh, I think there's a little bit of frustration there, and I think that sort of pervades you know, through the, the entire team. Uh, this was a little bit of a hangover effect from the loss, and you know, when you look back, and we talked about it in the last podcast, when you look at what some of the other undefeated teams that their teams that you know that were able to remain undefeated into December did after their first loss, it, it shows you that there is a hangover effect with college athletes, and they can't bounce back maybe as quickly as they want to, or maybe they try too hard to bounce back. But certainly, they weren't the same team we saw in the first 26 games, um, and uh, you know they won the game, and that and that's credit to their their grit and uh, and some talent, uh, you know, a guy like Malachi Flynn finally making shots. But uh, this is this is a team that's you know kind of teetering a little bit, and and the wheels haven't come off the wagon, but they're wobbling a little bit right now. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how they, if they can recover from that, or that's just the way it's going to be the rest of the season. Yeah, it was weird because the you know people were excited. It was senior night. They had a nice little ceremony uh, before the game, and then the Aztecs come out, and you know Nolan Narain of all people hits a hits a three-pointer that goes around the rim as I think Dutcher said yesterday like you know 72 times or something before it went in um they jump out to an 11 to 2 lead and everything looks great and all of a sudden I think Colorado State scored the next 14 points uh so and then they had to fight from 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 that point on the biggest issue obviously right now is is on the offense um last two games they've been consistent but in a bad way 21 of 54 uh, on field goals against UNLV, 19 of 54 against Colorado State, and only 19 of 60 on three pointers. Uh, seemed like, and look, I haven't. I, I admit I haven't watched every second of every game this year. Uh, it seemed like they sort of fell in love with the three pointer a little bit on Tuesday night. Was that more than more than usual? Uh, looked like a lot of guys were trying to get that you know sort of Steph Curry dagger three. Uh, you know, that would sort of knock out the other team. Uh, is that is that typical, or or do you think they're they're sort of falling in love a little bit too much with the three pointer? I know. I think it's a good observation. I think they're pressing a little bit, and you know, KJ Fagan said something really interesting. I thought uh, on the senior night press conference talking about Saturday night and the loss, and and 
he didn't come come out completely and say, "Hey, we played hero ball." But he said, "You know, we're all really good score, scores. We're all really talented scores, and that's true. I mean, that guy averaged seventeen and a half points in his last full season in Santa Clara, and obviously Malachi Flynn is a guy who can carry a team. And Yanni Wetzel's had big games, and Jordan Shackle's starting to play very well and score. And Matt Mitchell, you know, is coming off, you know, twenty-eight point game and." And he's been rolling too. And, and they all kind of feel like, okay, we're behind. I think they pressed a little bit and they just kind of take it upon themselves. All right, I'm going to make the play here. I mm-hmm. can make a play. I'm going to lift my team. And it's not out of selfishness. Right. And, that, and that's a distinction that people need to make. This team is still not all of a sudden, you know, didn't all of a sudden become selfish overnight. But I think they pressed a little bit and they're just trying a little bit too hard. And like you said, trying to hit that dagger three. And part of that's the home crowd, and that's maybe why they play better on the road. Is is you know they know that if they make that three, the crowd's going to get into it, and they want uh-huh. the crowd into it. And and I think they maybe try a little bit too hard. Now the second thing that's going on, and and it's a very subtle thing, and it's hard to know if you don't you're not inside the other locker room and know exactly what the game plan is. But I think teams are just dropping off just the slightest bit, particularly on Fagan and Flynn. They're smaller guards. And they're just kind of like living with the with the contested shot, and that's a dangerous thing to do against Malachi Flynn because if he gets going, you're not going to be able to stop him. But I think teams are almost instead of getting up in them and trying to take away everything, they're just kind of picking their poison and saying, you know what, we'll live with a contested three, and and if they're not scoring, we have a chance to beat them. And and I think that's what's going on a little bit with teams and and as they watch film, it's not anything technical like how they're playing a ball screen or how they're doubling the post. It's something as subtle as take a half step back and make them shoot over you. Uh, and I think that's part of the reason why they're getting sort of lured into these threes, particularly early in the shot clock. Yeah, and because there, there were times where they had bad shots because they were they ran the shot clock down, you know, too far and ended up forcing shots. But Flynn, in particular, uh, you, you mentioned once he gets going, it's big trouble for the opponent. That he finally got going in the last eight minutes of the game the other night and made you know made I think three or four big shots and was able to, uh, I think Shackle had a big three as well. And it, you know, got, it gets really loud in there. And so I, I can see what you're talking about in terms of trying to get the crowd uh, into it. So they do go on. You mentioned maybe they play better on the road. Well, they'll get a good test on Saturday up in Reno. Nevada came here and, and actually had the lead at halftime uh, a month or so ago when they were uh, playing at Viejas. Nevada's 12-2 and two at home, and both the losses – came against Pac-12 teams way back in November. So since then, they haven't they haven't lost at home. And uh, that first game was a weird game because Nevada played pretty well in the first half. They had the lead against the Aztecs, and they came out in the second half, and the Aztecs just refused to give up any points. And I think Nevada had some open shots that they missed, but the Aztecs really cranked up the defense. Nevada opened that second half 3 out of 25. They finished the half 5 out of 34. I think Steve Alford even said, you know, you make five shots and a half, you're going to have a hard time uh, winning. But I would expect I would expect they're not going to have a five for 34 half shooting at home. So what have you seen from Nevada over in, in that game? And then what kind of challenge do they pose on uh, on Saturday playing in Reno on, of course, what will be senior night? When you look at this team and look at the way they play the last two games and you're just trying to figure out, I wrote a little bit about this today, it's really hard to pinpoint, particularly after just two games, exactly what's kind of gone south particularly with the offense uh, but you can kind of have a process of elimination and one of the one of the issues like we just talked about is maybe they're just not as good at home and there's been a lot of distractions at home I mean whether it's wearing red uniforms against San Jose State and 
and Nevada even, right. uh, when the players clearly don't want to wear red uniforms, they're a little superstitious. There's been a long history of bad games in them. They got rid of them for that very reason, and now they're wearing them again. You know, there was the Kawhi Leonard game uh, and, and the issues when he came onto the floor against Utah State or came and sat right on the floor basically with his feet on the baseline. And uh, there was, you know, the, hanging the banner. I mean, there's just been a lot of sort of distractions, and I just think the energy is maybe too much energy, and they've been better on the road. So that's one of the things people maybe are, are thinking, well, maybe they're just playing at home with those distractions. They're not playing as well. We'll, we'll find out. Process of elimination. Now they're going on the road, tough environment. The last time they went on the road in a tough environment at Boise State, they absolutely blew them out of the building. I mean, it was maybe their best overall performance of the season. Took apart a very good team on a court where they traditionally don't play very well. And now it's just sort of the same thing. I mean, they got blown out at uh, Nevada last year, and so we'll get a see. Now, the, the big issue with Nevada, Nevada is a flawed team. They, they don't have bigs. They don't have much of an inside presence at all. But they have a couple really good guards uh, in Jazz Johnson and, and Jalen Harris. And particularly Jalen Harris has been tearing it up since the Aztecs last saw him. So in the, in the first game, they, they put K.J. Fagan on Jazz Johnson and just shut them down. And, and Fagan's a lockdown defender, particularly on the smaller guard. And this time, they have to make a decision. Do they still want to do that, or do they want to maybe switch him and put him on Jalen Harris, who's a little bit bigger player, but just shut him down? Because Jalen Harris went crazy in the first half uh, against the Aztecs in, in, in that game at Vias Arena, and that's why Nevada did so well and had the lead. So it'll be interesting to see defensively what they do there and what they choose there. And I think that will kind of determine the game. I think inside, this is a great opportunity for Yanni Wessel to get going again because they don't really have an answer for him defensively. He's had two kind of subpar games, and this might be a chance for him to get some confidence back, win or lose, but it'll give him a chance to get some good looks inside. Right. One bad piece of news is Nevada's played pretty good defense, at least from a shooting percentage standpoint. Their opponents are shooting just 40% and only 29% on three. So that's, you know, a bit of a problem, been a problem for the Aztecs the last two games, at least. And even in the first game, the Aztecs finished shooting uh, in that game just 38%, which was, I, I believe it was their worst, uh, second worst field goal percentage game of the, of the Mountain West season until the game just a couple nights ago. So that could be a challenge uh, as well. And you talk about playing better on the road. The rest of the season is on the road. Uh, maybe not true road games, but definitely away from Viejas. They won't play there anymore this year. We should take a quick look ahead, as you did in your story today, on the conference tournament. It looks like the 8-9 game is going to be New Mexico and Air Force. The Aztecs will play the winner of that game a week from today, I guess, uh, Thursday. Yep, up in, uh, at 11.30 a.m. 11.30 a.m., so plan your, plan your lunch breaks now. For uh, for for that game on uh, on on Thursday, either one of those teams, you would figure the Aztecs shouldn't struggle too much against. I mean, New Mexico's pretty much of a dumpster fire right now. Air Force uh, isn't shouldn't be good enough to hang with the Aztecs. The problem could be the next night, and I know this has been a, a sore spot for the Aztecs for as long as I can remember. Certainly for as long as they've been a a, a program, as Steve Fisher uh, has said. But it's very likely at this point. They're going to get UNLV in that second game on UNLV's home floor just a couple weeks after UNLV beat them. What do you think about that, and what would the Aztecs' attitude, and we'll talk more about this next week, but a, a brief thing, what do you think the Aztecs' attitude would be if they did get Vegas uh, a week from Friday at the Thomas and Mac? Well, I, you know, from a coaching standpoint, I, th I think Brian Dutcher will sort of carry the, the torch that 
Steve Fisher uh, did and, and, and rail against the conference tournament being on someone else's home floor, particularly with the, uh, the MGM's Grand Garden Arena now available since the Pac-12 moved across the street to T-Mobile. And that was always the, the big thing. Well, where would we play if we moved out of Thomas and Mack? And, you know, it's a, it's a complicated issue. Uh, but I think my understanding is what basically comes down to is the Mountain West is getting a, a lump of cash from the uh, Convention and Visitors Bureau um, to play at Thomas and Mac because it's an, an arena not affiliated with any hotel mm-hmm. in Las Vegas. And so, therefore, they can, um, uh, they can offer them money as opposed to if they go to MGM. That's the MGM property, and the teams that have stayed at MGM, it doesn't benefit all the hotels uh, in the area, in, in, on the strip and in, in and around Las Vegas. So that's kind of, it's, it's kind of a political issue. I, I believe why it's still there. So I think Brian Dutcher would, you know, be, so here's the reason why it shouldn't be here. I think the players would probably welcome it. You know, these guys have such a road warriors mentality. They want another shot at these guys. They uh-huh. just, you know, if this is, if it's their only loss, uh, if they, if they go in and beat Nevada and, and then they get into the tournament, that's their only loss. They want to avenge it. Absolutely. They'll, they'll take the chance, even if it's on their home floor, they're confident they've already won there once they play great in Vegas. They have a long history. So I think it would be kind of mixed, mixed feelings if they got that game. But I, it's certainly looking that way, the way, uh, uh, UNLV is playing and the way the seedings are starting to shake out with the tiebreakers. It looks like Nevada will be in that four or five game. Yeah, or UNLV will be. It, it's uh, excuse me, UNLV. Yeah, I mean, I think the only thing that could mess things up when we were looking at it last night was if Utah State somehow lost to New Mexico this week. I think otherwise, Utah State and Nevada one one of them's going to be two, one's going to be three. I think it probably depends on what happens with the Nevada SDSU game. But UNLV would be would be four, Boise would be five, and uh, I guess that puts Colorado State at six. Fresno at seven, and then as we said, New Mexico and Air Force in whatever order at eight nine. It doesn't uh, it doesn't make any difference uh, at that point. But uh, we will uh, come back next week, probably on probably on Tuesday, and uh, and and talk about what happened up in Reno and what lies ahead in Las Vegas. Um, a big a big week of in Nevada for you. Good thing there's no state income tax. They might start. To, they, they might start trying to, to, to garner some of your salary for, uh, for spending that much time in Vegas. But uh, anyway, enjoy Reno, uh, Mark, and uh, thanks everyone for listening, and please join us again next week.